To kick off the new year, we share the top three niche crops that's high in demand in Mzanzi and internationally, plus a guideline on how to market crops locally and globally. Permaculture can mean a lot of things, but at its core, it's all about connecting with your environment and community. This week, a number of experts share vital tips for new farmers. Our Agripreneur 101 features Terence Lamula, founder of Makamisa Foods, a sauce manufacturing business based in Edenville in Gauteng. And on top of our book pile this week is A Family Affair by Sue Nyati. And of course, on our Farmer Tip of the Week comes all the way from Yvette Abrams, the co-owner and creator of Cool Life. This is Farmer's Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi. And welcome to episode 107 of Food for Mzanzi's podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I am Don Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Food for Mzanzi. And joining me is my co-host and Food for Mzanzi's head of news, Duncan Masiwa. Happy New Year, buddy. I trust you're feeling fresh and ready to kick off the new year with a bang. It's great to be back, Dawn. And yes, I am super amped. To get the ball rolling and get all our new farmers up to sprinting speed. Now on that point, this week we are showcasing the opportunities in agriculture, but specifically focusing on those niche crops like kiwi, blueberries and mushrooms. Oh, my favorite. Of course, these are all in high demand. Dawn, over to you. Thanks, Duncan. I'm now joined by agricultural economist Lunati Tlakanyane to share an overview of Umzanzi's niche crops and markets to explore. Lunati, 2022 is here, and many new farmers are looking to explore new crops. What's your top three niche crops for small to medium farmers to tap into this year? Well, my top three niche markets to keep an eye out for as we edge nearer to the new year, kiwi, blueberries, as well as mushrooms. I think we've been seeing quite a lot of interesting trends in these commodities over the past year and a half, and much of this has been driven by a sharp uptake in demand at the back of shifting consumer preferences, both locally and, of course, globally. Now tell us about the local and export market for these crops. Starting with kiwi, our kiwi industry is comparatively small in area planted with roughly about 200 hectares under cultivation. But nonetheless, um, it continues to show positive signs of tremendous growth potential. Um, A notable trend in the kiwi industry, however, is that the supply of kiwi in the country is largely export-orientated with only about 20% of the total output consumed domestically. I mean, I'll give you just a brief contextual example of what I mean. You know, last year, kiwi exports amounted to roughly about 564 tons, valued at approximately 23 million rands, give or take. And of course, assuming a constant growth trajectory, we expect to see this figure grow north of 25 million rands by the end of next year. On the global scale or the international scale, Kiwi has grown quite exponentially as well, especially over the past two decades. You know, briefly, I think in 2001, the value of Kiwi um, in the international market was roughly at about 6.2 billion. And that figure has grown to almost 60 billion rands by the end of last year. So I think Kiwi in this regard, especially for our, our small and emerging farmers, is low-hanging fruit. Please do pardon the pun. <laughs> and moving over to blueberries, again, I think we're seeing quite interesting movements there within the blueberry subsector. The industry has managed to grow 
its export base in particular over the past 10 years from about roughly over 600 tons to slightly south of 9,000 tons by the end of last year. And in value terms, this has translated to growth of about 130 million rands in 2013 and slightly north of 1.1 billion rands by the end of last year. And the growth of, of blueberry exports in the country has been quite amazing to witness, especially given the fact that blueberries have been growing constantly at an annual growth rate of roughly about 50-51% give or take. And, you know, most of our production is targeted, as with the kiwi, it's targeted at, at the international market. You know, 90% of our produce winds up in the EU. You know, blueberries are also something that I think a lot of emerging farmers might want to consider. And thirdly, mushrooms. Mushrooms are a very interesting one, mainly because, I mean, it's a relatively new niche market, but it has and in fact still is growing quite exponentially. It's simply we produce roughly about 20,000 tons of mushrooms annually and much of this has been driven by the popularity of Asian cuisine in the country and our neighboring countries as well, which has created this sort of really nice market for exotic mushrooms. For any emerging farmer looking to diversify their production, mushrooms really be a great point to start. And then before we let you go, what's your New Year message to the new and aspiring Mzanzi farmers. Your transactional and operational data is your lifeline in times of uncertainty, which I'm sure many of you will agree, the agricultural sector has no shortage of. So you must follow the numbers closely, right? As I believe that the numbers will provide you with a level of steer that experience alone could never. And so what I would like to emphasize to farmers is that regardless of the size of your operations, you must anchor your decision-making mechanism on what the data tells you. This is absolutely crucial for sustainability, for growth, and for navigating your way around the very volatile South African economy. So please use your data to your advantage. Great having you with us, agricultural economist, Lunati Lakanyane. Great insights and a must-know for any new farmer. We now change gears from niche crops and markets to explore permaculture practice. This is, of course, farming like Mother Nature. Now, permaculture can mean a lot of things, but at its core, it's all about connecting with your environment and community. Here to tell us more is Gary Weber, who is the CEO of GreenBio, and he shares his take on permaculture practice. Permaculture, as far as I put it, is maximizing your water penetration and your water retention in your soil, and then having multi-crops from animals, integration, vegetables, trees, specifically production trees, fruit trees and stuff, all on the same contour line where your water actually goes in a zigzag down your farm so that you can actually maximize the water that you get on your farm. And that's really in short what it is. We're now joined by Ludwe Majiza, an Eastern Cape-born permaculturalist, who talks about one of his favorite permaculture principles. Observe and interact. When you are on your piece of land, when you are amongst people, it's important to take note and interact with nature and be one with nature. So I'll give you a practical example. When you are, you say in permaculture design, before you can work on your property, you know, you can do small things, but you actually need 12 months to understand fully the, the cycle of nature because there are four different seasons. You'd understand where your wet spots are, your dry spots are, and then you'd go out and you document all these things. And after the 12 months, you'd be able to, to work your land very well. It doesn't mean you shouldn't work your land immediately, but the first 12 months are very important to observe and interact with nature. Thanks for joining us, Gary Weber, the CEO of Green Bio, and of course also Ludwig Majiza, who is an Eastern Cape-born permaculturalist.
Next up, our Agripreneur 101 features Terence Lamula, who is the founder of Makamisa Foods, a sauce manufacturing business based in Edenville in Gauteng. Terence, welcome to FIT. Now, Makamisa Foods is a sauce manufacturing business, but you started by manufacturing relish. Can you tell us about how your business started? In 2012, I ran, was also a partner at a business called Wamza, it's a lounge. So we used to run a kind of like a pub, restaurant, which was combined with a salon. I was part of the business for about one and a half to two years, after which I quit. And at Wamza, this is where I met my wife today, Pumzil Ngoma. In 2015, Pumzilo was ready to introduce me to her parents. I came across this relish, which was prepared by her father, Mr. Tamingoma. This is the man who taught me how to prepare the Makamisa relish. Tell us about the brand. What do you love about it? The brand is young, it's fresh, it's dynamic, it's urban. And also, it has got this Africanness, the African root in it. So that's what we, we're all about. We stand for what Africa is all about. The authenticity, the real stories that come out, come out of our townships, villages in the rural areas. What do you love about it? What I love about what I do at Makamisa is that I've created opportunities for over 40 young people who were desperate, who were stranded. As you may be aware that the economy is not really friendly in terms of job opportunities. These young people from Tembisa, Alexander and other neighboring townships call Makamisa their second home. Our employees, the average age at Makamisa is 29.5, if not mistaken, so just under 30. So we are a very youthful company and our employees actually reflect exactly that. On top of that, I love interacting with people, especially those who want to make, always are dreaming to make an impact in the society, exchanging ideas, fresh ideas on how we can create together because today's business is not all about me, 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 I, I, I. No, no, no. It's about we together with our partners, the collaboration, working towards a meaningful objective that more than one or two, three partners can actually get together and come up with a solution that will make people's lives better and easier, safe and enjoyable at this time. So that's what I enjoy about being part of this journey. That was, of course, Terence Lamula, who is the founder of Makamisa Foods, a sauce manufacturing business based in Edenville in Gauteng. Now, before we let you go, our book of the week as chosen by Farmers, A Family Affair by Sue Nyati. Caroline Sampson, Head of Strategy and Sustainability at Access Bank, reviews this book for us. Wishing everyone a happy 2022 and I hope you get to read many great books this year. While we are still in the holiday mood, I thought I'd review one of my favourite fiction reads of 2021, A Family Affair by Sue Nyati. We meet the Marfu family in Bulawayo at the end of the 1990s. On their youngest daughter Zandile's wedding day, Abraham Marfu has recently moved on from his successful construction business to start a church with his wife Bumla. At the wedding, various aunts comment negatively on oldest daughter Chulis was unmarried state and middle daughter Yandisa's body and lack of occupation. The story follows the ups and downs of the family over the next decade as the sisters become businesswomen, mothers and aunts. But no family is perfect. There are always secrets from the past and as the economy starts to fail and the sisters question their roles in the family and their own world, things start to unravel. The story covers a myriad of themes and provides an insight in the role and expectations of modern African women. 
The book is very relatable with moments of humour and sadness intermixed with the drama of family life. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring, and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens, the Ziri, or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Thanks, Caroline Sampson. She's, of course, the head of strategy and sustainability at Access Bank South Africa. Now, remember, if you'd like to review a book or perhaps you have a book suggestion of your own, feel free to email us at info at foodformzanzi.co.za. Now, before we let you go, this week's farmer's tip comes from Yvette Abrams, the owner and creator of Koi Life a small holding producing indigenous soap and other personal care products in the Western Cape. It's important to study and to keep learning and to hear what the experts say. But once all that is said and done, follow your own inner light, follow your guidance, because ultimately you and a piece of land, it's a very intimate, a very personal relationship. And so don't let other people start telling you how to run your farm. Tip number two, no debt. Stay away from debt like the plague. Debt is no good. You know, there's always going to be hard times in a business. And if you've got no debt, you'll just about manage to make it through the hard time. But if you still got payments to make, that's terrible. I avoid large machinery and rent and stuff like that. Keep your expenses low and have no debt. Tip number three, cash flow is king. There ain't no flow but the cash flow. Doesn't matter how much money people owe you, what matters is the amount of money that's in your hands. So keep track of the cash flow. My fourth tip, let the land tell you what to do. I have long time stopped believing that I'm in charge of this farm. I listen to the land and the plants carefully and I let them guide me. My final one, keep your passion. Farming is a little bit like being a teacher or a priest. You've got to have a calling. And if you don't have a calling, then you're never going to make a success of it. And our farmer tip of the week from Yvette Abrams, the owner and creator of Koi Life, brings us to the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Foodform Zanzi. Now for more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and don't forget to catch our weekly sessions on Twitter spaces called Gather to Grow. And you can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. That's correct, Dawn. And remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmer's Inside Track is available for free on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on foodfromzanzi.co.za. But from me, Duncan Masua, Dawn Numdu, Caroline Sampson and our producer, Megan van der Fint and the rest of Team Food from Zanzi, Happy New Year and have a great week. Corteva is in it for farmers, for good. As a company solely focused on agriculture, we understand the impact of climatic and soil diversity, the unique requirements of each region, each farmer, each crop, and the need for sustainability. To this, we apply our global mind. 
with 5,000 researchers in more than 130 countries, ensuring farmers of advanced seed technology and guarding growing investments through innovative crop protection. Local investment includes research facilities on par with the best in the world and the largest private insectary in Africa. Advanced genetic breeding is combined with intense trials, testing and refinement in different bioclimatic zones to bring forth the best in-class products. Beyond in-seed value, our on-seed applied technology on farm crop protection, digital and agronomic solutions are all designed to optimize farmers' productivity, profitability and sustainability. Because by being wholly devoted to agriculture, we have a deeper understanding of farming, the needs of our farmers, and the country's need for farmers. This is what drives our researchers to find new avenues for sustainable growth. It is the reason for having state-of-the-art seed production technology on home ground. Our motivation for creating effective, locally proven solutions to protect land and crops with care for the future. This is the world of Corteva in South Africa. Growing progress, enriching lives, now and for generations to come. Corteva, keep growing.